Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everyone, to the Fantasy Jester Show. I am he, your Fantasy Jester. Hold on tight, folks, as we have a great show planned for you tonight. The Fantasy Jester Show is brought to you by FantasyJesterSports.com, your kingdom for fantasy sports and more. We're also brought to you by 888.com. Go on, FantasyJesterSports.com. And click on the AA8.com little box. Can't miss it. Right at the top. Go there for all your gambling needs. You can bet on sports teams. You can go into the casino, play a little blackjack. I love blackjack. Me personally, those of you who know me, I've already mentioned this. I love my blackjack. Uh, Go on there. Also, at the bottom of the page, you can see we also now have uh, integritysports.com for memorabilia and autograph memorabilia. Little by little, folks, a little bit of something for everybody. We're working on getting apparel next, and uh, we're really excited about things. Tonight, our topics are going to range from the NBA. We're going to talk a little NBA. We're going to talk WWE, NFL, NHL, Major League Baseball. We're covering it all for you. Told you we would. No BS, no filler, no guys yelling for the sake of yelling just because, I don't know, I guess it's supposed to be entertaining. You know what? People don't want to hear you yelling. They want to either hear some facts, hear some stats, or hear something funny. Now, during this show, I promise you, you will hear all of that. And if you don't hear all that, write to me, Fantasy Jester at yahoo.com and I will give you your money back every single penny that you've spent on this show tonight I promise you I will give you every dime back if you're not happy also before I get into my rant I want to say hello that I have a I have a I have an admirer I have an admirer and uh, it's absolutely adorable they say when uh, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. And uh, I have a sports website out there that every move I make, they copy. And I think that is absolutely adorable. So I know they're listening. They always do. And then uh, once they're done listening to the show, uh, their website changes. And uh, guys, listen up. You want to catch the middle of the show, hear what we're doing next, or uh, just you know, keep paying attention to fantasyjestersports.com to get all your ideas. Uh, whatever you choose to do, that's fine. I'm not even going to mention their name. 
not even deserving of it. They know who they are. Next up, in my emails, uh, I guess last week's rant about me being tired of racism, uh, you know, you know you're on the right point of a topic when you can get both sides pissed at you. I had, and in particular, two of the emails. One person called me an N-word lover. And then I, on the other side, I had someone call me a blank-ass cracker. I thought it was pretty funny, you know. Uh, for the person who called me an N-word lover, uh, yes, I am. You know, I'll use your term so that you can comprehend. You know, comprehend means understand. Uh, to know. I don't know. Somebody explain comprehend to that bonehead. But anyway, yes, I'm an N-word lover, to use your term, but I also am a whites lover. I love whites. I love Merlot. I love a good Zinfandel. I love the beach with Mrs. Jester. I love my family. I absolutely love a good pizza double meatball. So what's your point, rocket scientist? You're going to tell me the people, places, and things I love? Stop. Stop it. And then to the fine but poorly educated and spelling person who called me a cracker, would you mind calling me by my preferred cracker name, please? Sociables. Kindly call me Sociables. Don't call me cracker. That's just, it, it, it could be anything. It could be a dry saltine. I, I'm not a saltine fan. I go sociables. You know, sociables, maybe a little port wine cheddar. On that beach I mentioned before with Mrs. Jester, since she happens to be a cracker, you know, let's make sure we get her name correct too. You know, you can call her Trisket. Or, you know, any one of those. She loves Triscuits. It doesn't matter the flavor. But if you mention the flavor, she will answer to all of them. And, folks, that is how I deal with hate from both sides of the fence. Laugh at it. Make it sound as stupid and unproductive and as useless as it is. Stop it. Now, for this week, stop it. I'm keeping going on this now. It kind of pales in comparison, but nonetheless, almost stupid. In the past, I've talked about my feelings on mock drafts. Months before the draft being dumb, it always leads to mock. I told you, one mock was 12.0. Come on. Come on. You got somebody's attention when you're on pass number three, four? Who's listening at 10? Show me the person so desperate to hear your crappy advice if you're on 10 and 12. But here, <laughs> I've got probably what's up there with dumb and, and an award winner for it. Did anybody, first of all, in drafts, did anybody have any more than three or four correct out of the whole first round? All these professionals, all these mock drafts, all this. You know what? Like I said, you can't account for draft day trades and what the changes are and how it goes down, a domino effect throughout the draft. 
That's what makes mock drafts the NFL PR department's wet dream. Now, taking it to a whole nother level of stupid past this, we have a waste of your time from Todd McShay of ESPN. He just got done doing as a goof, ha ha, he he, but his first mock for next year. And for those of you wondering, and I, I'm about to, I want to bring my partner in too on this one, because uh, I know he feels, uh, <clears throat> well, a little strongly about this, and he feels strongly about a bunch of things, though. Um, I'm going to bring in JT. They had first round, uh, the first pick overall next year will be Cleveland. Not a big stretch. San Fran uh, will be the second worst team in this coming season. The third worst team in the NFL, he's saying, will be the New York Giants. And then the fourth worst, Miami Dolphins. And I, uh, I now want to bring in uh, the person I want to say something on this. JT, how are you tonight? Greetings and salutations, Chester. I'm doing well. Yourself? Uh, better than most. Not as good as some, but yeah, I can't complain. I can't complain. Great day, great day. And uh, no, uh, I, I you know, had to uh, get you in on this. Yeah, hey, I'm listening here. I'm, I'm listening here. 2017 mock draft 1.0, and, and you really know what this is. First off. If Todd McShay has already been basically proven to be someone who is dying to replace Mel Kuyper at ESPN, this he knows his 15 minutes of fame for 2016 are over. So let me reach out there and grasp at that last straw and throw out a 2017 mock to make myself seem relevant for another five minutes. <laughs> a complete waste of people's time instead of giving them something that they can actually use maybe some investigative reporting maybe some you know research well, we're going to oh, yeah. come up with this, some dumbass shit right how about all this research he did on these players that just got drafted how about you talk about how they fit into the places they've went or what you expect from them but no let's and and completely ignore who knows what's going to happen with this coming college season, injuries, uh, other people taking jobs, and, and the NFL as well. I mean, and to have the Giants, now I'll give you the Niners and the Browns. I mean, unless it doesn't take a rocket scientist to think they're picking high, but the Not Giants and the Dolphins at three and four, are you serious? Uh, I mean, this guy. I know I'm not making a bunch of friends, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Um, The Giants are nine and seventeen, maybe uh, ten and six at best. Uh, And I know uh, a lot of my Giant fans uh, and friends back home not happy with me saying that. They're they're saying a little bit I'm trying. I, I looked at the schedule, and I really can't see better. I know I definitely can't see better than 10 and 6, and 10 and 6 is if everything goes right. Um, well, but, but let's be honest. Even if they're 7 and 9, they're not picking third. 
Well, yeah, and that's where what I was uh, getting to, uh, and then right behind it, uh, I, I can't really. The, the uh, hey. Miami Dolphins are going to fall apart to fourth worst. Well, I, I'm going to throw my name out there with Ryan Walton as as one of the world's largest Dolphins fans, but I mean, even our adoptive uh, slogan over the last 15 seasons, which is "Strive for Mediocrity." We're still not picking fourth in the draft. So uh, I just would love to know where this guy, what he used to extrapolate the draft order. And then did you look at some of the names and some of the people that he has going where, you know, where they're going? Yeah. Yeah. No, I just, uh, I, I, I gotta be honest with you. I, I started reading it and, uh, you can go further for for the insider and all that, and you know what? I didn't even bother. I just kept going. You know, I'll it's tell a you. waste of time. I I have I'll you tell know you, what? Jester. You know why? And, and hold on, just for one second, JT. I'm busy in my day. If I'm reading somebody else or anywhere else on a site, it's because I'm researching stuff to bring my listeners. I'm not going to bring them the whole draft order of a mock draft for next year. I'm not going to waste my time. I'm not going to waste my listeners or readers time. I, I, that's just the way it goes, you know, the way it should be. Uh, and, you know, I'll well, tell you, I, I'm going to, I'm going to date, you know, date my age here a little bit, but you know, in the nineties, when I first got, you know, we first had cable and I'd come home and watch ESPN after school. The ESPN was great. Loved it. Fantastic. Now, to me, ESPN is basically TMZ. It's all about who's dating who, who's naked on the cover of what magazine. Um, you know, nothing to do with sports anymore, it seems like. You know, they have some good reporters, but most of it just seems like, let me be the first to report it. Who, who cares if it's right or not? You know, it's just, uh, I don't get ESPN these days. Before before I bring in, uh, we've got uh, Jason Busy J. Uh, Cordner on the phone. Uh, before I bring in Jason, I just want to finish that thought on what you're saying. It is not our intention at FantasyJesterSports.com or our radio shows to waste our viewers, our listeners, uh, our readers' time with that kind of stuff. I- I'm not here for the latest scandal. I'm here to bring you the real stuff. JT works very hard to bring you the real stuff. Jason Cordner brings you the real stuff. Joey brings you the real stuff. Now we've got somebody else we'll be bringing in, and we'll introduce Kid Kelly later. Uh, Brings you the real stuff. We're not going to waste your time with needless crap that is just mindless fodder just to get you to pay attention because they think some focus group told them this is what you want to hear. This is what the people want to hear. And now – Without uh, any further hesitation, uh, I'd like to go ahead and bring in Mr. Jason Busy J. Cordner. How are you, sir, tonight? Oh, oh, great, great, great night. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope you guys are enjoying the playoffs. And both. What's going on, JT? Everything all right? Hey. Oh, it's been good, man. I've been waiting all week to talk to you. Jester, you got to let me throw one, one thing out there at him. I'm, I'm dying to know <laughs> from my basketball guy here. So, okay, go ahead. mistake or not? for Magic Johnson to tweet out that the Lakers should go after DeMar DeRozan or Kevin Durant, because I'm hearing the tampering word being thrown around now. 
Yo, it's a big mistake. I mean, we all know the lake. There's one thing about L.A. and Boston. We know about their legacy. We know about the tradition. We know about the players that played there has so much love and, you know, love and support for the organization. What Magic did was just so – it was just so egregious. It was beneath him, but him being a fan, he blurted that out. But we all know that's what the Lakers and Boston are going to do. They're going to use their draft picks to get assets. They don't want to rebuild because they're, they, they're, the legacy doesn't pertain for it. Same thing for the Yankees. Yankees don't want to admit that they're rebuilding. They'll never say that. Those guys are too prideful. So they're going to take those picks. I, I, I honestly think that's a good move by the Lakers. If you get the number one or two pick in the draft, you package that with your young player and get somebody from, a, let's say, a Paul George. If Magic wouldn't have yes. said it, it would have been, it would have been great. It, it made do perfect sense, but since he said it, and Larry Bird's not going to do them any favors, but no. maybe you go maybe you go after Cousins instead. Hmm. I wonder if Sacramento would trade him in division. Exactly. There you go. Well, so. I don't know. That's I, I can't see them trading him in division. I can see a big trade, though. You know, when you have a team, and I don't care what sport it is, and before I get to my question I have for both of you on the NBA playoffs, um, when you have a team that that's bad, they're that bad, you're drafting either first, second, third in the draft. Uh, me personally, I'm always a fan of uh, move down, move down, gain picks, gain players, because you have apparently more than one hole on your team. Uh, you guys agree with that, or you want the best player available every time? Go ahead, Jason. Um, if, no, no, go ahead, Busy. Yeah, go ahead, Busy. You first, bud. I was going to say it depends on the sport. Football, you know, you could build throughout the draft. NBA is a little different because players are pretty much coming out of one-year college. They really haven't developed any kind of skill set. So you're pretty much drafting off of potential. In that case, then you're going to have to take the best player on the board. Football is totally different. You draft for your needs, and then you build from around that. And uh, How about you, uh, JT? What do you think? NBA to me is a completely different animal. It's, it's so intertwined with uh, pop culture, uh, the music world, everything else. It just seems like the – the glitzier or the more glamorous the name of the players that you have on your team, the better chance you have of attracting free agents and talent these days in the NBA. So I think the farther you move down, the less sexy those names become. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Now what I'm going to do is uh, my question for you two, and then I've got a couple of things to throw in my own opinion on it is this. Which is uh, a bigger surprise right now in the NBA playoffs, okay? That the Cavs have won seven straight or the Golden State Warriors have gone six and one without a healthy Curry over the last uh, uh, six games. Seven games, I'm sorry. Which is a bigger surprise, Jason Cordner, uh, the Cavs, seven straight, or Golden State's uh, record without a healthy Curry? I'm going to say, this is a tough one, but I'm going to say the Cavs, only for this reason. Stan Van Gundy's a great coach in Detroit. I thought they would have stole one. The Hawks have been, you know, they've been the second-best team in the East the last two years. They won 65 games last year. They did a pretty respectable this year being the third, the fourth seed, sorry. And they can't even muster a win. 
So what the Cavs are doing, what the Cavs are also doing that's going under everybody's radar, especially, you know, the primetime media that no one's mentioning, is that the Cavs are finding their lineup. They're playing small and they're playing big. They're trying to see what works because they know they're going to come out the East and more than likely they're going to play San Antonio and they're going to play or Warriors. So they're pretty much gearing up for those series. And I thought about it a little bit more in terms of LeBron. This is probably the first time in his 13-year career where he's not the main story. He's not even the second main story. The first main story has been the Warriors. The second was the Kobe farewell tour. And LeBron's been low-key, being quiet, being humble, gearing his troops ready for a finals push. And I think they actually might break through this year. I was just going to ask you that. You think the Cleveland fans uh, have something to uh, be happy about? Should they look forward to making it to the finals this year? Hey, if they're, if they're throwing up threes at this rate, they should be they should be happy. If the guys are playing healthy, everybody seems to be all right. I think LeBron and them are just playing with the lineup and they're getting themselves ready for the final. Because they're going to come through the East. They might only lose one game in the Eastern Conference, which is pathetic for the conference to say that LeBron's going to come in here and make it to his sixth straight NBA Finals, pretty much cementing himself as the king of the Eastern Conference. And no one seems to be up for the challenge in the East. But long-term, LeBron's getting ready for the finals, and he's getting the troops ready, too. Interesting, interesting. And, and what about – what do you feel, uh, JT? Which one's the biggest surprise to you? Are you going to agree with uh, Jason and go with the Cavs seven straight or Golden State winning without Curry? I'm going to take a different approach and say neither because we've seen mm. the Cavs do this before. We've seen the Cavs steamroll through the Eastern Conference – Who's going to be this year's Kelly Olynyk? Who's going to take Kevin Love out? Who's going to trip Kyrie Irving? When are one of their guys going to miss a game? That's usually when they fall apart. You look at the Western Conference, people forget. The first few years Steph Curry was in the league, he missed a lot of time. You know, this is a core team that's basically been together for quite a while. These guys are used to playing with each other. They've played without Curry quite often. And let's be realistic. At this point, Houston's a joke. And Portland, to me, they're a five seed. They're a decent team, but nothing that Golden State shouldn't be able to walk through without their best player. So, in reality, I look at both of them as pretty much status quo, what I expected so far. All right. All right. That's good. That's fair. And I like both of your opinions on it. I, I respect both of them. But I have something for both of you. And, um, and for the fans out there, I'm going to give a statement in the middle of this. And people are going to want to wring my neck uh, through the microphone. Nothing new there. Uh, well, thank you. And, and you're the first one usually to incite them there, Troublemaker. Um, <laughs> yeah. The Cavs, uh, the seventh straight, and they haven't lost since April 13th. And, and uh, the actual game that they did lose on the 13th, uh, they only lost by two. Uh, prior to that, they were four and two in April. So they've turned it on. And I had mentioned that that would be something that was a possibility on an earlier show. And you can go check our archive shows. You'll hear me say it, that if they go ahead and actually put the crap behind them and play basketball, they could do some damage in these playoffs. Uh, I didn't think that they would. I'll be honest with you. I was off on that one. Not going to lie because you can go to the archive site. Anyway, um, but truthfully, uh, no, I, I didn't think that they would turn it on in the playoffs. But now here, here is a statement 
that really nobody else would believe until I tell you why it's true. The Golden State Warriors are a better team without Curry. And I can prove it. During these playoffs now, and it's a small sample, but still, during the six games uh, without him. Now, I'm going to include the 18 minutes that they actually had him, but he wasn't 100%, and we all know that. Okay. So the last six games that the Golden State Warriors have played, they've averaged 112.3 points for, and they have a season average of 114.9. So on that end of the board, okay, on the scoring end, they're scoring less than uh, a little less than two and a half points a game without Curry. So not as drastic as I'm sure a lot of people would think. If you tell uh, the average fan that, you know what, the Warriors are going to be without Curry, how many points do you think they're going to lose per game? I'm willing to bet most people don't come up with two and a half. But here's the best part. Since losing him, they realized that they had to bear down on defense. They have allowed 97.16 points against on average over these last six. 97.1. Their season average was 104.1. They are holding people to seven points a game less without Curry. You make that an overall total of four and a half point difference, a plus to the four and a half point side, because you take your seven points on the defensive end that you're getting better, and you're giving up the two and a half on your on the offensive end. So your your total ends up being four and a half points net better per game without Curry. I know. I, I I've silenced the crowd, haven't I? I was just letting you finish on that one. I would say uh, I don't I don't disagree with what you're saying actually, which is scary because that usually means that the world is ending. Dogs and cats are getting together, and it's I mean it's mass hysteria. But maybe <laughs> the idea of no Steph Curry has shown Golden State a way that they can win games without him, and if they can put that back together when Curry returns think how dangerous that team's going to be. They can meld that all together. I mean, oh, yeah. You know what? Honestly, Golden State caught a huge break the night after Steph got hurt, when Chris Paul got hurt and Blake Griffin got hurt. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mm-hmm. don't know if they would have been able to hang with the Clippers if the Clippers had a healthy roster. And then just how we got Portland taking, taking out the Clippers because of that. So they caught a break there. But going, Let me ask but you something, With all that though. said, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I've got to ask you something on this. I thought he was the second coming of Jesus. I thought this was a guy that no team could do without. I thought this was like removing uh, Kobe from a Lakers championship team. I thought this was like moving, losing Michael from a uh, Chicago championship team. I thought this was supposed to be the guy that was the end-all, be-all to the NBA, and this team is doing better without him. That's what I don't understand. How you is know he what it is? They're very, well? 
they're very depth. They're very deep at every position. Like Sean Livingston could be a starting point guard on any other team, but he's he's you know reduced to being their backup, and he's a phenomenal backup. I don't know why he never wins Sixth Man of the Year. So, but you're right. The, the Warriors are a very deep team. They're a very good team. You know, the other the other Splash Brothers been shooting lights out. Draymond's a beast. They honestly should, they let me, should, let me they jump in run. on that second coming of Jesus. I'm sorry, Busy, but to, to get in on that yeah. second coming of Jesus idea, would we? Would both of you also agree, though, that if Golden State even played back when Michael played, this wouldn't be a number one seat? The NBA, the referees, the way they call the game caters to run-and-gun teams now. There's no physicality JT, whatsoever. JT, so I'll, give, I'll, give a, I'll give you a better example, JT. If, if Steph was playing in the 90s, he would be equivalent to his daddy. He would be just like his pops. A straight he had a up Kevin shooter. Johnson was what I liken him to. Yep. He'd just be a straight-up shooter that he's going to get knocked, on, knocked on, his, on his butt a few times. So I, I just think a lot of it is a product of the NBA today. I mean, you know, it's funny. I was going to ask you guys if you heard Charles Oakley's comment where he's knocking Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan for shooting too much. You know, if – Curry and Golden State played when the guys like Charles Oakley played in the NBA, and Curry wouldn't have these wide-open lanes to run down, or Clay Thompson wouldn't get these wide-open three looks. So I just think that a lot of this is a product of today's NBA. And that, that is the truth. When you say wide-open looks, I, and I've mentioned this before, I just can't get over a team – that just gets so many open looks. Now, I understand you're supposed to if you move the ball and you move yourself, but these guys are literally standing. They've got time to get out a pack of cigarettes, find their matches, find their matches. Yeah, take a selfie, find their matches, light the cigarette, take a couple of puffs, toss the cigarette to the side, then shoot. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I just can't get over how bad the defense is. And no it, fundamental it, in today's league, man. When you go to college for one season, it's all about learning to dunk. That's all it's about now. Let me, let me get up and look pretty and dunk it. And nothing to do with fundamentals. So you know, you know, yeah. I, I just, I don't get it anymore. But I will say this: it is an interesting stat that you bring up that they're actually statistically better without Curry, because I would not have thought that in any way, shape, or form. But the last thing I'm going to say is another benefit to that team is anytime you get a chance to play against a Dwight Howard center-anchored team like Houston, it's a gift, because <laughs> Dwight Howard's a joke. Yeah, well, he doesn't he doesn't want to work, and that was his problem when he was with Van Gundy. Everybody's talking about how – there's been talk Patrick Ewing going down there and how he would help since he's coached uh, coached White. Let me tell you something. Uh, I've seen enough Orlando Magic games since I actually live, uh, you know, a stone's throw from the arena. Uh, and, um, no, on the nights Dwight Howard didn't want to work, okay, it didn't matter. We could go to the aforementioned Jesus Christ and he wouldn't have been able to get him to play on certain <laughs> nights. Okay. Hey, I will say this. I will say this. The last Magic home game of the year this year I saw on TV, there was a guy in the, in the crowd holding up a sign saying, bring back Dwight. The guy next to him had a sign that said, I'd rather have Tree Rollins. That tells you all you need to know right there. Wow. Wow. And I'm sure I just lost the whole Dwight Howard family as listeners to the show. Huh. Uh, I'm sure that just happened. And that's okay. I'll live. And uh, 
we're running a little bit long. What I'm going to do is uh, I want to touch on wrestling real quick. And, and uh, I know, JT, you wanted to talk about this real quick. One of the things that I uh, I really am not looking forward to is uh, having Bill Crude on again and <laughs> him, being, him being right on his prediction of yes, uh, that they would – that he nailed it. Stephanie and uh, Shane would be given co uh, co uh, well, ownership Raw. So I really well, don't want to have to listen to him. No, you don't want to listen to that. But this is also the same guy that said Eli Manning was going to break out this year. So at this point, he's one you know one for two. Um, you know, I, like, the biggest <laughs> takeaway. That's for why me, he's here for wrestling. <laughs> exactly. The That's biggest why we're takeaway here for, for me for Raw was Enzo getting the Krispy Kreme eyes after he bounced his head off that apron. I mean, <sighs> folks, yeah, I know it's scripted, and there's some other stuff that's going on, but you don't think these guys are getting getting hell beat out of them? Go back and watch that YouTube clip, because that was scary. It was, uh, yeah, it was a sobering uh, sight. You know, it, wrestling is fun. Wrestling is supposed to be it is entertainment, and it is entertaining. And it is fun to watch. And it is ha-ha-hee-hee at times and this, that, the other. But there is a very real aspect to it that people fail to see. And and no matter how scripted the outcome might be, you still have to perform the maneuvers. And those maneuvers, some of them can lead to some serious injury. And uh, when everybody saw Enzo hit the ground and lie motionless, the whole stadium got quiet. Everybody watching it probably got quiet. And all of a sudden, as the saying goes, shit got real. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Yes, okay. it did. And, you know, everybody put everything to the side. And, you know, he ended up being fine. A concussion, he was knocked out. And he ended up being fine. Thank God this time it wasn't a broken net. But, folks, at some point, it could have been. It has been. It's been well, our expert that's brought in. The, shame of the, whole thing, in. the mm-hmm. shame of the whole thing is, obviously, Cass and Enzo were getting uh, a nice push from WWE. But you look at it, if you look how WWE's handled concussions over the last five years, they're pretty um, they kid glove with those. They're going to make sure above and beyond that he is completely 100% before he's allowed back in the ring. So what does that do for the push? Well, and well, mm-hmm. what was supposed to happen and uh, in that match, it was supposed to be interrupted by the Dudley boys, and they've put together a whole new storyline real quick on that. Enzo will probably be back by the uh, 22nd pay-per-view there. Um, and also, from what I'm hearing, there, there's an outside shot that uh, um, Bray will be making his uh, – way back that wasn't just a uh, strain of the calf it was an actual uh, pull uh, of the calf but uh all right what i'm going to do is like i said we had to touch on wrestling real quick i promised everybody but i also have a whole bunch of other stuff i need to get to everybody and right now first off i want to talk to everybody about bread from your bed.com and the people over there absolutely fantastic folks uh there are both a business services website and a personal finance blog. They discuss ways for people to make extra money from home, and they offer a wide variety of services for businesses. 
If you need more traffic for your website, or if you need social media management or marketing, don't know much about that. A lot of people are still new to that, folks, uh, and, and don't understand how you can maximize your efforts. Uh, if you need a website built, if you want to make extra money online, these are the guys to go to. All right, They have worked and provided results for clients ranging small to big. And we'll show you some of the results. They have, they have no problem. They can show you what they do. Joey and the gang are fantastic. When you're good at something, you don't hide it, and they don't, including the statistics and the numbers of what they do for sites and for companies. I highly encourage you to check them out. If you're looking for help for your business to grow or you're looking to learn how to make some extra money from home, you're tired of the rat race, and you know you have a little hobby or a little talent, and you possibly can make a couple of dollars from it. You know, it's real easy to set up a website and get it monetized so that, you know, as you're selling your product or talking about stuff, maybe you want to, you know, have a special interest or something, you can monetize that site so that while you're sleeping, you're making money. Joey will show you how to do that. And uh, yes, folks, the idea here uh, at FantasyJusticeSports.com is to become your one-stop site for anything you need sports. We have great writers, uh, great articles all week long. During this past week, uh, if you haven't had the opportunity, go back, look at some, just Jason. Now, I'm not going to talk about my articles, okay? Yeah, of course I love my articles, duh. But go, and, and this is why they're on the team, okay? I go back and I read all my people's uh, work. I make sure I go over it, look at it, see what they're writing. And I'll tell you, Jason Cordner, go look at some of his articles this week. Fantastic articles. We have not just me, we have Joey. Joey actually does a pretty good job there covering wrestling uh, with Jason. Uh, I like his stuff. He covers Raw for you. Gives you the recap, gives you stuff to look for. And, and then we're going to have Kid Kelly later on come on, the newbie. We have all that. We've got great radio shows. We have this one here. And we also have the Gridiron Guys on Thursdays, 7 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour long show, strictly football. On the website, fantasyjusticesports.com, you can click on the icon, go gamble, go have some fun. Right from your home, you don't have to go to the casino. You don't have to drive. You don't have to deal with traffic. You can gamble from home. You can bet on teams on all different sports. You can go into their casino, play blackjack, roulette, all the good stuff that you would at a casino. Have fun from the safety and the privacy of your own home. You can literally sit in your jammies, pour yourself a drink, and sit at your computer and have fun for hours. Uh, You can't beat that. At the bottom of the site, you'll see memorabilia, signed memorabilia. We've got Father's Day coming, great sports gifts. We're going to have apparel on there. Again, Father's Day, birthdays, Christmas, great stuff for everyone. In the coming weeks, we're adding the sports apparel. We're adding the swag page. We're almost set with that. Uh, We uh, sent out the final bit of paperwork that we had to fill out, and uh, it's a whole big process going back and forth with the charity. Uh, getting that set up, getting the vacation, the vacation contest to Florida, the trade analyzer. We're getting that all set up. That's coming. Hmm. You smell that? I smell it. 
I smell another ticket giveaway. I smell another baseball ticket giveaway coming down and uh, coming and it's coming quick, folks. So you want to listen to next week's show for that. You like baseball, you want to attend a game, listen to the show. We're giving away two free tickets. Next week we'll tell you how you can win. Also, we've got the Fantasy Jester Sports app coming right there for you on your phone, everything you'll need. Also, don't forget, you go to FantasyJesterSports.com. You can sign up to be part of the Jester's Court. My newsletter, my week, my monthly newsletter, you can sign up now, get insider information on what's coming on, what hasn't been on the site, where we're going, where we'll be, who's coming on the show. We have some fantastic guests lined up for the end of the end of this month, beginning of next month. We've got some fantastic guests lined up. If you have the newsletter, you'll know who it is. Sign up now. Love to hear from everybody. All right. I'd like to welcome everyone to Jesterville. All the new, some of the new Jestorians. Everyone at Tony's Pizza in Deland. Now that listen, welcome. Welcome to everybody on Facebook and Twitter, all my new Facebook people. Twitter, Twitter's growing, folks. Twitter, I'm telling you, new. I'm new at Twitter. I know how to post. I can put up pictures. I can answer people. I'm learning all that. And Twitter's growing quick, so you want to get in on that, fantasy underscore jester. You know, I'd like to give a shout-out also. You know, one of the uh, sports groups I follow uh, it's run by uh, Brett Thompson, Brett B.T. Thompson of uh, Real Deal Sports Talk. Uh, they're listening tonight. Great group of people. Uh, Brett runs a, a great place. It's a closed site. You have to uh, ask to be, uh, it's a, to be uh, allowed in it's by invitation. And uh, he runs a fantastic uh, place on Facebook, a great Facebook page uh, called Real Deal Sports Talk. Uh, you know, listen to some of the, 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 there's a lot of knowledgeable people on there and uh, Brett's one of them and he runs it well. It's strictly sports talk. There's no BS. Uh, there's nothing but sports on there and, and he runs it great. I enjoy them. I enjoy the gang there. Also the folks at ITI sports, uh, they're now following. Love those guys. Uh, glad you're aboard everybody. Little by little, I'm collecting gestorians. Yes, yes, yes. I, I'm happy for it. You know, people are starting to realize that uh, people like JT, people like Jason Cordner, Joey, okay, myself, and Kid Kelly, we work very hard to bring you nothing but the best. In bringing you the best, the next part I'm going to bring you, we have added Sarah Kelly, P.A. She is our medical expert. While somebody like Matthew Berry, his medical, his idea of a medical expert is a physical therapist, okay? Uh, no, we're bringing you the real deal. Sarah Kelly is the real deal. Uh, she's going to be live in studio at times, and then other times we're going to do something a little pre-recorded. Uh, tonight's version is the pre-recorded version uh, of Sarah Kelly. We talked recently about the NFL draft and two in particular players, Miles Jack and Jalen Smith, both fell uh, to the second round and strictly because of injury. 
And uh, now I'm going to play my interview with Sarah regarding those injuries. I am proud to present Sarah Kelly. She is going to be our guest on a regular basis here on the Fantasy Justice Show. Folks, we know that uh, many of you follow fantasy sports and are very interested at times about player injuries. And like we do with everything else, we try and bring you the best of everything. And now I am so happy to have Sarah joining the team. She's going to be able to give us an insider uh, perspective on these injuries, what recovery time looks like, and, and the possibility of the injury reoccurring anytime soon. And uh, so without any further ado, I'd like to bring in Sarah. Hello, Sarah. How are you tonight? Hey, Jester. I'm doing really well. How are you? Ah, great, great. Uh, why don't we first, uh, let's get everybody comfortable with who you are, what your qualifications are, so that they know that you know what the hell you're talking about. Sure. Um, I'm a physician assistant. I've worked in orthopedics for three and a half years. I've since moved to trauma surgery uh, for the last year. Uh, physician assistant program is a master's program, so I had four years of undergrad and then a master's uh, training uh, for medical sciences uh, to be able to practice medicine. All right, you might be too qualified to be on our <laughs> show. Uh, you don't understand. This is a fantasy jester show, so you, you might be a little overqualified, but our, our friends and uh, folks at home uh, listening to our show tonight they're sure happy to have you and are uh, eagerly waiting to see what you have to say regarding some uh, injuries. Recently, the NFL, and tonight we're going to talk about the NFL and the NFL draft and two players that fell in the draft. Folks, if you were paying attention to the NFL draft, you know that Miles Jack fell into the second round and so did Jalen Smith. Both players before injury, were targeted first round, surely top 10 picks, both of them. Miles Jack and Jalen Smith uh, found a home in the second round. Miles Jack going to the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, who had an absolutely fantastic draft. And then also uh, Jalen Smith going to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Sarah, now, first I'm going to start off with Miles Jack and the torn meniscus problem that he had. Uh, what is the normal recovery time that we're looking for uh, in the torn meniscus and when they have surgery? Okay, after surgery with any kind of torn meniscus injury, um, whether they repair the meniscus or, or shave the torn portion out, is about uh, anywhere between four to, to eight weeks. Um, with him being an athlete, he may be healthier to get on the field a lot sooner. But the thing with meniscal injuries is it's a shearing injury. So when he pivoted or twisted, he tore the meniscus in the knee. That's the cartilage that sits in between the bones. So if that cartilage is torn and it gets caught, it's going to feel like there's a pebble in his joint. So if you think of a pebble in your shoe, if it's off to the side or the meniscus is sitting in the right position, it's not going to hurt him. But anytime it folds up or the pebble goes underneath your heel, it's going to be painful. His knee, could, his knee could even lock up. But since the surgery, he should not have any of those issues. And now he's a, he's a young kid. Now, what are the chances of, uh, you know, likelihood of future issues with that? Meniscal injuries are one of those injuries that it could happen to you. It could happen to, to me. It, it, there's no increased risk to have another meniscal injury because of a previous meniscal, uh, meniscal injury. Now, they're talking about that he has a uh, chondral defect, a degenerative disease there. Uh, how does that complicate the matter? So 
there is cartilage on the ends of the bones, uh, which is where the osteochondral defect is. That can be ha that can happen when the shearing force of the injury is so much so that it actually not only tears the cartilage between the knee, which is the meniscus, but it also shears away some of the cartilage on the bone. So what would most likely happen in any situation, if there's a flap of cartilage there, they've most likely shaved it away um, so that it will not become a loose body in his knee or continue to tear and cause him pain. So it's as if he's got early stages of arthritis um, because of this defect, because arthritis is the wearing away of that cartilage on the bone. So if he's already having problems and there's a chondral defect and, and all that, it you know, what is the time frame that we're looking at that this could possibly go ahead and rear its ugly head again? You know, this will just give him problems in the future, most likely. He will most likely make a full 100% recovery. Um, if, if I were him, I wouldn't proceed with any other surgery other than the meniscal repair. Um, there are other options to help lubricate that area, such as cortisone injections, gel injections, um, there is another surgery that I know has been whispering in the winds uh, for him. It's called a microfracture procedure, but that would definitely keep him out for at least six to 12 more weeks status post that surgery. And, and that surgery there, the microfracture surgery now, is, will that clear up the problem or will he just continually have that problem and have to get future surgeries? Not necessarily. The idea behind the microfracture surgery is that you actually drill holes into the bone where the defect is. The idea is that it will create new blood flow so that can create um, healing. You need blood flow to heal. So the, the idea is to create the cartilage in the area. It's a, one of the newer procedures uh, with meniscal injury, uh, not meniscal injury, sorry, with uh, osteochondral defects. Um, but when you drill holes into a bone, there is a potential to further fracture that bone. So he would be non-weight bearing for at least six to 12 weeks. Um, so that would definitely be a damper on his career. Like I said, if he can recover fully just from the meniscal surgery uh, and tolerate the pain or the pain may just not be significant, I would continue just to go the course. Okay, so once you start doing that microfracture, uh, it sounds like, you know, you, you can make a full recovery from it. Absolutely. Um, it's going to be painful, though. It's drilling hole into the bone. Your bones have nerves. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be painful. Uh, if him being young and being an athlete, I would, I would try just the meniscal surgery to repair or shave away that meniscal tear so it doesn't lock up and leave the uh, chondral defect and see if he's able to recover. Some people have those defects in their knee already when they have a meniscal tear and the pain was initially coming from the meniscal tear where there's nowhere to say that the pain is solely coming from the osteochondral defect or solely coming from the meniscal tear. So with the potential of being out for another six to 12 weeks with a microfracture surgery, if I were him, I would just do the meniscal surgery and see how I do in the next four weeks. And then I can get back on the field because he should be able to make a full 100% recovery after a, a simple meniscal surgery. And that seems to be uh, what they're going to do. He had the uh, surgery on the torn meniscus and they're going to put off any microfracture surgery. They're saying that he doesn't need it now. Uh, now, let me ask you then uh, last question regarding Miles Jack. 
what do you feel, you know, for our fantasy players that play uh, in leagues that have uh, what's called IDP, individual players, uh, and they t- have to take a defensive player, in this case a linebacker, what are the chances of him having a full career? What are the chances of him being able to play, say, 10 years? Is, is he in jeopardy of not being able to fulfill uh, a 10 years or, or 12 years, or it's just uh, pretty much the same as anybody else? I don't think so at all. In my, in my career of seeing meniscal injuries with uh, young athletes, high school athletes, they have made full recoveries and have gone back out on the field and have done uh, no better, no worse than what they were doing prior. So I don't see where this is going to really uh, be a detriment to his career. Okay, great. So we're going to move now uh, to Jalen Smith, who was uh, drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. Again, phenomenal player, should have been uh, one of the top five picks. And he came up, uh, he completely uh, shredded his knee, uh, is what they're saying. Uh, He has an ACL, LCL, and nerve damage. Uh, What are we looking at? He had surgery in January. And some of the reports are saying that there's a shot that he could be back this uh, for this football season. Uh, that would be a long shot, in my opinion. You know, it takes almost a full year to recover from an ACL, LCL nerve uh, injury. Uh, but being an athlete, being in your prime, being, you know, having that million-dollar contract to motivate you to, to get better is definitely going to help that. Um, he's got the best team working on it, I'm sure. Um, but with an ACL reconstruction, uh, you get the range of motion back. You can walk and do all of that, but you need to give injuries time. And unfortunately, a lot of people are just not patient enough to give it the time it needs to heal and uh, to be uh, an effective surgery. Um, he could re-tear if he tries to go back too soon. The ACL and the LCL. The ACL is a central stabilizer of the knee. The LCL is one of the on the outside of the knee to make sure the knee doesn't go sideways. The nerve damage usually comes along uh, when you have an LCL injury. There is a nerve that runs out the outside of your leg uh, that can cause, it could be as simple as numbness and tingling in the leg, and it's not that big of a deal and he can handle it. It could be as serious as he can't even pull his toes up to the ceiling, uh, which is what we call a foot drop. Um, So it depends on how the severity of that nerve damage but if it's just a straightforward ACL repair, it's usually about a year to recover and get uh, strong enough to be able to go out and play professionally. He's got to remember that these other guys have not had eight months off. Yeah. Now, let me ask you something, Sarah. Then you, you hear MCL, you hear ACL, you hear LCL. Which one is the one that is really uh, detrimental uh to a recovery, to gaining uh, full range of motion, the one that's really more serious than uh, of the three? That's a good question. Normally the ones we always hear about with professional athletes is the ACL. There is something called the terrible triad where you have an ACL tear and then either an LCL or MCL injury and then a meniscal tear. Um, that usually goes along uh, with everything. It would be surprising to see that he didn't have a meniscal tear along with it. Um, but the ACL is what we normally worry about. That keeps the knee from going too far forward or too far backwards. Um, and uh, that is a stabilizer of the knee. If his knee is not stable, he's not going to be able to pivot, not be able to twist, not be able to, to cut corners and make moves very quickly uh, to dodge people trying to tackle him. Let me ask you something now. Uh, 
On the nerve damage, see, because that, unless it happens more often and they don't talk about it as much, I never usually hear the word nerve damage. Now, is that a normal thing that happens in these injuries and we're just not hearing it? Or did he really seriously injure his, his knee? I agree with you there, Jester. I, I, you know, you see it more with the LCL injuries because it's the lateral collateral ligament. That nerve is on the lateral or outside portion of the leg. Um, but reporters never really go that far into it. It makes me wonder if this nerve damage is, is more serious than just an ACL tear. We, we always hear just of the ACL tear. Uh, it makes me think that he's got some uh, range of motion deficits with this nerve injury. Oh, and my last question is we're uh, running out of time now. Uh, the nerve damage, how likely, again, now we've talked about the other injuries, how likely is, uh, is he to have future problems with that nerve? It depends on how severe it was. Um, you know, we all hear that nerves don't regenerate, but things can heal over time. It, nerves take the longest to do that. It's, um, it's, it's variable depending on how severe it was. There's really no answer to it right now unless I knew how severe it was. Great. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Well, folks, there you have it. That's been Sarah Kelly. Sarah, thank you so much for joining no us problem. tonight. No problem. Thank you, Jessica. Uh, we look forward to having you on future shows. Absolutely. Uh, I'll try us. to help guide the way for you fantasy players. Uh, thank you so much, Sarah. You've been wonderful tonight. Folks, that was Sarah Kelly with us tonight, uh, physician assistant. She is going to come in every so often as we need her to uh, talk about the injuries to players, somebody you definitely want to listen to for your fantasy folks and for you uh, football fans out there so that you know how your favorite player on your favorite team is doing. Again, thank you, Sarah. And now we go back to Jester and JT on our live broadcast. And that was Sarah and uh, I on our pre-recorded interview, a very knowledgeable uh, lady that we have added to the staff to be able to help all of you get the information that you need for your sports team, whether you just follow your team and want to know about the players and the injuries, uh, but also for you fantasy people out there, uh, a lot of good information there. Uh, and she'll be in all season long uh, and as a permanent uh, fixture here on the radio show. Absolutely love having her uh, on the uh, team. Uh, she's going to add a great dimension. Uh, I'm so happy. JT, uh, again, uh, you're back on with me now. And I'll tell you. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's fantastic. Um, I actually would think that if. Uh, some of these teams would have listened to someone like herself a little before that draft. We may have seen a different story for uh, Miles Jack. It is, uh, yeah, she, uh, she is able to break it down nicely. Uh, I mean, and what I liked about it was, is that I actually understood. I mean, she was able to talk medical terms and still yet be able to dumb it down so an idiot like me will be able to understand Oh, now, come on, Jester. Come on now. Let's be honest. She had flashcards. This is radio, not TV. So you didn't – no one can see the flashcards that were going out. Come on. She had pretty pictures of everything, so I understood. Um, But, yeah, no, she was absolutely fantastic. I am – I couldn't be more excited to uh, have her on future shows. I look forward to it. Uh, I'll tell you, and, something uh, she touched on, 
something she yeah. touched on. And by the way, I'd like to throw this out there too. Dolphins and Cameron Wake just agreed on a two-year, $15 million extension, so that opens up quite a bit of cap space for Miami. Maybe Arian Foster, maybe somebody like that that's still out there. So I, wanted to throw I that believe out. that the Foster is a good, uh, a good uh, chance. And they just cleared up some space for it, and it, it gives uh, a 34-year-old defensive end some financial security and uh, shows the rest of the team that he's a team player on top of that. So that's a win-win for Miami. Um, but something she touched on in Jalen Smith, I did uh, read today that they do think there's some firing in that nerve finally uh, down in that knee. So, you know, maybe good luck after all for the Cowboys. Well, and that's what she was talking about is the degree uh, of how bad the nerve damage was is varying degrees. And if it wasn't too bad, which is, you know, it seems that uh, I talked to her after the show uh, further, after the interview further about it. And and that really does seem to be the biggest part of his recovery was how bad the uh, nerve damage would be because uh, the nerves uh, do, uh, take a while to uh, get back to normal. So uh, that that's pretty big. What I'm going to do is uh, I want to go ahead and bring in uh, Busy J right now. And uh, we're going to, before we get to our Kid Kelly uh, piece, I, I want to talk, uh, Jason, Busy J, you there, sir? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Hello. Um, yeah, you got it. You hear me? Okay. Yeah, we got you. We got you. Um the thing is, uh, I want to touch on, we uh, talked about the NBA playoffs, and I know it's not as popular, but I do want to touch on the NHL playoffs uh, real quick. Uh, anybody surprised by anything that's going on? Let me start uh, with Busy yeah. J. Yeah, no, let me get let Busy J in first, <laughs> and then I will go ahead and uh, let JT have at it. Good, Busy, what do you well, see that's going on in the playoffs that you weren't expecting? I would say I wasn't expecting the Capitals to choke so soon. I was expecting to choke in the conference finals, not the second round. But um, Pittsburgh has been dominant. They're just, you know, head and shoulders with the better team. And they probably won't be challenged until they meet the Lightning next because uh, the Islanders pretty much look done. Uh, my Bucks, uh, my uh, Tampa Bay uh, Lightning there, uh, be the Thunder. <laughs> Up three to one. And, and before I bring JT in to talk about his Penguins there, um, I, I get to talk about my Lightning first. You know, I'm a Jersey guy. I love my Devils, okay? No, the uh, Devils first, guys. Uh, I'll keep it true, all right? My Devils first, but I do follow the Lightning. They're the team closest to me. So, you know, I, I do follow them, and I do like them. Uh, but with that said, they were completely outplayed the other night by the Islanders. They were out hit, outplayed. And they still came away with an overtime uh, 2-1 win. Uh, That doesn't bode well for the Islanders. They pretty much uh, gave their best shot of all the games uh, in the last one and still couldn't come away with a victory. Not a good sign. Certainly not when you're down 3-1. The Blues have been surprising me. uh, But when you're getting help from your – listen, they just won a game – Four to one today. Their first line didn't score. Stastny on the second line scored. Okay. But it was their third and their fourth line that scored. When you're getting a goal from a guy who plays 12 minutes in a game and you get a goal from a guy who plays seven minutes in a game, 
Okay, there's there's some uh, trouble ahead for the Stars. Now I understand the Blues are only up three to two, but if they keep the Blues keep getting help from these guys on their third and fourth line, Stars are in deep uh, doo doo. Sharks pred uh, Sharks and Preds are tied at two two. They play tonight, ten o'clock Eastern time. And now uh, I have to get back to the uh, Penguin fan, uh, Captain Penguin fan. How are you, sir? Hey, hey I, I'm doing great. What is your yeah, surprise, sir? Even, Let me see. I can't even talk about the Penguins, see, because I don't want to jinx it. See, the actual <laughs> thing I was going to say was the surprise so far for me was that I think the best series to watch so far from the fans' perspective has been the Preds and the Sharks. I mean, there's been hitting. The skating has been fantastic. Um, it's been exciting all the way around when you're looking at the 3-2 series, you know, and I, I remember on one of our other previously archived shows, I mentioned that I thought Blues caps in the finals, leave it to my team to make a liar out of me in the Eastern Conference, but, uh, you know, hey, best series so far, Nashville, San Jose, that's been the biggest surprise to me. I had, uh, well, and I've got, of the four teams, I had Tampa, Washington, and Dallas and um, L.A. So it seems like I'll come out of it with Tampa. You might come out of it with the Blues. I'll see you in the finals. I'll take Tampa. Yes, you will. Yes, you um, will. Moving right along. Now, I'd like to take this time to talk about a new addition to the FantasyJesterSports.com family. You know, weeks ago, you heard us talk about Rookie Boy. And, uh, well... Rookie boy flaked out. He disappeared. I have no clue. I mean, he literally could be dead on the side of the street. I have no idea. Uh, as far as I know, nobody on staff got into an argument with him. Uh, uh, last time I heard, we were all ha-ha and hee-hee. And, and so with no warning, no word, uh, he literally exited like a bitch. And uh, and that's fine. I, 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 that's how people operate, I guess. I don't know. Uh, like I said, I'm at the head of the ship here. I hadn't heard any discord between any of the staff or uh, rookie boy and, and for him to not be able to uh, at least afford me the courtesy of an email text, anything. Yeah. You left like a bitch. So here's what I'm going to do with rookie boy spot. I've already given it away to somebody else. I had already seen uh, some of uh, kid Kelly's writing and I've decided to find someone that was more man than him. Folks, I'd like to bring Kid Kelly on the line. Kid Kelly, how are you tonight? Good, how are you? Like I said, more man than rookie boy. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Kid Kelly is uh, one of the newest writers. This week, we were able to have uh, Kid Kelly give us two articles. And when I tell you, she took the uh, NFL losers and ran with that story, did an absolutely fantastic job i absolutely i loved it i i was i thought it was great you did a great job kid um and then you followed it up with another fantastic article so you know now folks you're going to be able to uh, see kid kelly's writings and also uh kid while you're here i'd like to introduce you to both uh jasons we have jason uh busy j cordner uh, one of our fellow writers on the line. Uh, Jason, say hello to our new writer, Kid Kelly. Kid Kelly, pleasure to meet you. Welcome aboard. Thanks, you too. And then um, 
the person that hopefully somebody on staff at a production meeting has warned you about, kid, uh, is uh, my sidekick and nemesis all in one, uh, JT. JT, say hello to the kid. Be nice now. Kid Kelly, welcome. I'm looking forward to uh, getting to know you and uh, reading some of your stuff. It looks good so far. Thanks. I, uh, I hear you think you're big and bad as a guest. Well, I'm, I'm not just any guest. I'm Kid Kelly. Absolutely. See, I know. Whoa. Kid thrown down early SmackDown. Don't mess with the kid. I heard you're a badass, but don't mess with me. I like kid. I like that. You know, not only a great hey, article, but I'll tell you. Hey, hey, Jester, by the way, I have Bill's phone number right here on speed dial. Just remember that. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, um, uh, for kids, she may not know what's going on. We have a wrestler that comes on the show, and uh, I've been uh, challenged to a wrestling match that's coming up in, in June. And my fantastic co-host that we have, JT, uh, keeps making sure he pumps up the wrestler to kick my ass all over the ring. So uh, Hey, I'm just trying to spread joy and love throughout the world. That's all. You're just misreading me, Jester. I'm misunderstood. Not a problem. Uh, I have any problems. From now on, I will sick Kelly on you because uh, she doesn't seem very impressed. And uh, kudos to you, honey. Don't let him bully you. <laughs> Sounds now, listen, she's not an Orioles fan, is she? No, she's a Giants fan, though. I like her better already because the Giants were the team I picked to win the, the uh, NL this year to go to the to the series. So I like her better already. Wrong Giants there, brother. Wrong <laughs> Giants. Uh, we don't count the football team. See, that's – you know, if you listen to Todd McShay, they're going to finish the third worst record in the league. So. Yeah, um, right. I know. Uh, no, here's what we're going to get uh, from Kid Kelly. Uh, for all you listening out there on the FantasyJesterSports.com uh, website, uh, you're going to get an article uh, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday from the kid. Uh, and starting uh, this Monday, we're going to have a 22-piece uh, presentation of the top three at each position in the NFL. So this Monday coming, we're going to do the top three quarterbacks, whoever played the quarterback position. She's going to give you her impression of, and I'm sure there'll be Hall of Fame as the top three, but then also give you two of the players that Kid Kelly believes will end up right there in the Hall of Fame that are playing right now and who will end up being up there with those other three to make a total of top five. Now, she's going to do a piece every Monday on the NFL. We're going to start with quarterbacks. And we'll move to running back. We're going to keep going until we go through the whole team, both offensive and defensive sides of the ball. Recently on the FantasyJesterSports.com uh, website, the other fantastic piece that she did was a Philadelphia 76ers redo mm-hmm. of an absolute yeah. horrible staff. And if anybody, JT, I know you read it. She did a fantastic job, didn't she? Yes, that was spot on. Uh, that was great. Uh, Jason, Busy J, have you had the opportunity to read that yet? Yes, I have. I loved it. I, I thought that was, I, I, again, yeah, no, uh, kid, you, you nailed it. it and that's why you're sticking around, uh, because really, two great articles, for, uh, uh, everybody. And now, every week, every Wednesday, she's going to do a redo 
of every team in the NBA from worst record. She started with Philly and going to work her way up the standings. But the well, one thing now, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I want to <laughs> see, I want to see what she does when you get to the team, not just the bottom teams. Okay. But some of these top teams, the top five or six, I can't wait till we get there. Okay. To see yeah. <laughs> what she does to take them to over the hump to get to that top team, you know, or whoever is the top team this year. Okay. Which obviously was golden state. How do they stay mm-hmm. on top next year? Do they make any changes, additions? I can't wait to see what she does with that. But, kid, tell everybody on Fridays now, every Friday we're going to have a uh, special interest piece. And uh, can you tell us, uh, tell the listeners, some of the names, some of the stories, uh, and some of the names that you'll be doing stories on in these coming weeks? Yeah, I've got uh, Pele, Jesse Owens, Billie Jean King, Tiger Woods, David Beckham, Manny Pacquiao, Michael Jordan, and Wayne Gretzky. Those are your next articles coming out every Friday, folks. Uh, Some great people on that list. They're going to make some interesting stories. I can't wait to see what she comes up with uh, to do that. I mean, absolutely fantastic. Some of those names on that list. I mean, Manny Pacquiao, I want to see what you do on that. Definitely want to see what you do on Tiger. I I want, you know, and that's one of the reasons why we like having you here, uh, kid. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, uh, I'm an old guy. Uh, JT's working on it. So is uh, uh, Busy J. He's working on it. Uh, You add a perspective uh, that we're going to love around here because you're going to give a different generation's view of some of these great players, some of these great sports figures. So I look forward to that, um, you know, but pretty much that is about it. Uh, that's all the time you get. Are you, are you still on the line? You still there? Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> okay. Now you're not. Goodbye. That's all the time a kid gets. Okay. You had fun playing on the radio with all the grownups. <laughs> you can go tell your friends. I was on the air now. Uh, take your little voice, absolutely adorable voice there, kid, and uh, you go run along and go write some more badass articles. Anyway, folks, seriously, that was Kid Kelly uh, on the line. That's all she gets. She gets a little airtime the first time on. We're going to have her back on every week with us talking about her articles and so that we can pick on her further. Uh, I love her articles, and I'm looking forward to uh, more. And how I want to end up the show and use these last couple of minutes is uh, talk baseball. Talk about, um, and I'm going to go around the panel about the early season. Now, I understand we only have one month under our belt. Um, Give me, and I'm going to start with Jason Townsend, with JT. Give me who your rookie of the year or rookie of the year in both leagues, whichever you want to give. Give me a rookie of the year so far uh, that people should be paying attention to. The guy that most impresses me is St. Louis shortstop Almedes Diaz. Guy's batting three ninety eight so far on the season. You're looking at a guy that uh, silky smooth defense in the field. 88 at-bats, only 8 Ks, 6 walks. So he's got a batter's eye. Five home runs, 16 RBIs, uh, nine doubles. So this is a guy that's 
step in when uh, Johnny Peralta um, made a mistake, and he's run with it. I mean, how do you go back from this kid at this point? So right now, he's my favorite for rookie of the year for the NL. Okay, all righty, uh, Busy J. Who are you looking at uh, as a rookie baseball player this year so far that uh, has caught your eye? And not really, nobody a, not really, nobody, not really a pure rookie. But I'm going to go with my guy Corforto with the Mets. He's only had 70 games under his belt entering this season, and he's putting up some great numbers. Makes me forget all about Daniel Murphy. And his productivity, so I'm going to go with that right now. You I'm liking them all. damn Homer. Homer. Yeah, just a little on that. <laughs> no, if you, you look at his stats. Holy Homer, Batman. If you look at his stats, if you look at his stats compared to You're looking the at the Trump. mute button any minute. You keep that Homer crap up. <laughs> I will mute you. Met. I will put the Met mute on. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, if you're gonna go to New York, at least go Yankees. Oh, uh, I, I can't do the Yankees. Can't do the Yankees. Everybody wants to pick on my Yankees. You know how many people I hear from picking on my Yankees. Ugh. And, and all right, listen. Jester, who's rookie. yours, Jester? My rookie of the year, okay, is a, a gentleman out in Colorado. Oh, man. oh he's putting no up some numbers. No way. I don't know. Dude's been, um, dude's been 235 over his last 15 games. Okay? 45 strikeouts and 115 at bats. And that average right. has dropped down to a pristine 270 on the season. So I think you're looking at a guy that got off to a hot start and now pitchers are adjusting to it. But that's just me. Okay. Uh, and that's fine. Uh, we're talking, folks, for, so that you know, first of all, we're talking about Colorado Rockies shortstop uh, Trevor Story who currently has 22 runs, 31 hits, 11 homers, 24 uh, RBIs, two steals, and, yes, the aforementioned 270 average. I kind of figured he'd have to cool down. He wasn't going to continue batting 350, okay, in his rookie year. I'm quite sure of that. But one of the things that if you go ahead and you take a look, he's played 28 games. If you extrapolate those numbers across 28 games, and, yes, I used a word like that, um, if you go ahead, yeah, I know it's amazing. People go look at me and just word of the day toilet spell. paper can work wonders for you too. Uh, you know, if you go ahead, you can get it at Spencer Gifts, folks. Right now, it's uh, ninety nine ninety nine a four pack. No, seriously. Um, but if you go ahead and you project those numbers, how's that better for everybody uh, across the full season? That would be one hundred and thirty runs, one hundred and eighty four hits, sixty five homers. 142 RBIs and 12 steals. Uh, you know, I, I'm probably not going to keep that up, but mm. what how, if he does? How many strikeouts would that no, be? wait a minute. You know, I don't care. He's cranking out 65 home runs. He's on a pace to crank out 65 home runs. Oh, he's not uh. hitting 65, though. And, and allow me to share one little tidbit of advice that I've learned over my short lifetime. The phrase, okay. if if was a fifth, We'd all be drunk. Oh yeah, I know. But hey, listen, right now he's doing pretty well for a young guy, and I knew you you'd pick the... on my rookie of the year, and I appreciate that. And uh, we will see. I have to. I got. I got to put you in your place every once in a while because you're right. You know, a little too much so, for my taste. Some, you know what? And there's very few who can. So I'll let you go. Um, 
Here's the thing, though. Now, let me ask you something, and, and now I'm going to go with oh, – I'll go with Busy J. And if you pull a Met, I swear to God, I will mute your ass so fast, okay? <laughs> I know who's coming if you're saying Cy Young, so get the mute button No, ready. no, 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 no. I'm not even going to give him the chance because I know where he'd go with Cy Young. Um, we're going to go MVP of the league. The early MVP in Major League Baseball. Any, uh, go ahead, Busy J. If you give me a met, I, I got my finger on the button. I swear <laughs> to God, um, <laughs> it pains me to say this, but I'm going to go with Bryce Harper. Oh, all right, all right. Wow, Fingers can on you the say button. that in my good ear? I thought you said Bryce Harper. <laughs> and I want, I want to, I want to. You know, I've been getting a lot of flack online, but Daniel Murphy's been very productive for the Nats. I was not expecting hmm. that. But kudos to him for the game. Yeah, I'm going with Bryce Harper. Wow. JT? All right. Uh, you know, I can't argue if somebody's picking Harper. You really can't. Go no, ahead, I JT. Mean, Harper's, Maybe you Harper's can give somebody I can argue with. <laughs> I'm actually going to give you both league MVPs. They play the same position. I pick them both for the same reason. American League, you got Manny Machado. Probably the best defensive third baseman or best defensive player in the American League. He bats 342 seven home runs, 16 RBIs, just a guy in night, night in, night out making spectacular plays. Kick over to the National League, Nolan Arenado, another unbelievable defensive third baseman, 316 average, 12 homers, 28 RBIs, highlight defensive plays night in, night out. So those are my MVPs. Hmm. In the interest of time... Because I do, yeah, I'm going to be nice. And in the interest of time, I'm just going to go with mine this way. It gives you plenty of time to tell me how crazy I am. But this player was not expected to do this this year. Everybody had written him off, but currently has a team that has a struggling pitching staff in first place. Robinson Cano. Whoa. Everybody had him done. Everybody had him finished. In 29 games so far, he's got nine homers, 30 RBIs, batting 86. He's got 34 hits. He's on pace, and I'm sorry, here we go again. I'm going to project. Extrapolate. Extrapolate. Across the board, okay, well, it's light in the runs, 97 runs. He's on pace for 171 RBIs, 51 homers, and 194 hits. This is a guy that everybody said, put a fork in him, he's done. After he left Yankee Stadium, and then as soon as he started struggling in his new home, everybody figured, oh, that's it, he's completely done. He gets a new hitting coach last year, and all of a sudden, look who's back. And helping his team to the lead in the division on a team where I'm sorry, the pitching staff is just, uh, I'm not impressed. Okay. Thank you. I was being polite. I was just saying I wasn't impressed, but yeah, exactly. So now, um, does anybody want to pick on me for my pick on Cano or? I I would. I'm sure. (laughs) Go ahead. I knew that was coming. You know, I will give you this. Ever since Edgar Martinez, which I believe I talked about on your night, we talked about second baseman on the Fantasy Jester show, came in, straightened Cano out. He's been a fantastic player. But he'd be my second choice behind somebody who plays the same position, five foot five, 
second baseman of the Houston Astros, Jose mm-hmm. Altuve, with the 330 average, the nine home runs, and 10 stolen bases. So, uh, and repeat that for everybody. The five foot five guy has how many home runs? Nine. Wow. Six, right. six leadoff home runs. Six leadoff home runs to start the season. Uh, ties a team record that Craig Biggio uh, held or still holds, I guess, tied with. But, again, Cano, you really can't argue with Cano. The guy's a consummate professional, hell of a baseball player. Um, I like the stolen base aspect and a little higher average that Altuve brings, not to mention the ballpark yeah. he plays in. Well, and and I, just for argument, again, five for five, correct? Correct. Nine home runs, right? Yes. Three letters. Barry Bonds isn't their hitting coach, though. P E D. I'm waiting for the <laughs> test. I'm waiting for it. Come on, that guy's five five. Okay, a good gust of wind and knock him over. Then he's cranking Mighty out mouth. nine home runs. Stop it! Stop it! I don't care. Be Stop nice. It. All right. <laughs> Real quick, we've got five minutes, uh, and I need a couple minutes of it for uh, the ending today. Uh, Cy Young, um, all right, Busy J, I know, the whole damn Mets staff. Gotcha. Yes, four. JT, go ahead. No, forget it. Not even even a chance, Busy J, sorry. I know it's the whole damn Mets staff, okay? So go ahead, JT. Jake Arrieta, I don't think six, six starts, six wins. Uh, what is it, a point eight three ERA, absolutely unstoppable. That's your Cy Young. Son of a bitch. You took my player. I had, I I had, I had, I had, I had 37 Ks in 43 innings for the 7.74 K uh, per nine rate, which is the only number that you could pick on. But the ERA is uh, actually point eighty four, and the whip is point seventy four. Uh, his walk rate, though, this is so here's the two that I like looking at because I like going a little further. Walk rate of 2.5 per nine inning, okay. But here's a great one: 0.4 home runs per nine innings. The ball is going anywhere. Yeah. So you know, since we have a a, a minute left, okay. Go ahead, Busy J. Who's your Cy Young? And, uh, I would have to make it a. I would know. I make it a clean sweep. It's definitely out of the. Uh, my only thing is, do you guys think he has another no hitter in him this season? I think he does. Yeah, he's just built with that. Right with, now. That, with that team, absolutely. They're good defensively. He keeps the ball in the yard. I'd say there's a more than fair chance at that. More than fair. And with I mean, that, Scherzer everybody can put up two last year. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, this kid's filthy right now. He's keeping the ball in the yard. They've got the defense behind them. Uh, I I don't see why why it wouldn't happen. Really don't. But, uh, guys, thanks so much for joining me uh, again tonight on this uh, edition of the Fantasy Jester Show. Uh, Folks, we absolutely love being able to do what we do. We have, all of us, have wrapped our lives in sports. We absolutely love sports. Uh, We're assuming all of you who are listening love sports. And, and, you know, we're so grateful to be able to wrap our lives in it. Uh, What we all want to do is bring you the best of everything, bring you the best radio shows, bring you the best articles, bring you the best guests, bring you the best medical experts. Sarah Kelly kicked ass tonight. No, there's no other way to put it. 
okay? We've got the great radio shows. We've got the gambling. Who wants to gamble from home uh, in the comfort of your own home, in your comfies? we got that on the website. We've got memorabilia on the website. Signed, autographed, authentic memorabilia on the website. The coming weeks, we've got sports apparel. We got the swag page going to be de- dedicated to giving money to charity. We got a vacation giveaway. We got the trade analyzer coming. We've got a ticket giveaway. Want to listen to next week's show on that one? We have the Fantasy Jester Sports app coming right at you for both iPhone Android. You can be part of the Jester's court and find out insider information. And what's going to happen before everybody else does? Who our guests are going to be? We've got some great, absolutely fantastic guests lined up coming in over these next two months. You're going to want to see that. To all the mothers out there, to my mom, to your mom, to everybody's mom out there, all the hardworking moms, happy Mother's Day. I hope all of you enjoy You all work very hard. Mother's job is 24-7. She deserves at least one full day of that back to you, to her, from you. She's worked hard. She has done what she can. She loves you. Go look out for her. It's Mother's Day, everyone. Again, I have absolutely enjoyed this show. It has been my pleasure. Folks, This has been the Fantasy Jester. I am out of here. I will see you next week. Don't forget the Gridiron Guys, Thursdays, 7 p.m. Eastern. Thank you so much. I am out of here.